Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Clax Women for Indie podcast. Now, did you know that the UK pension is the worst in Europe at only £8,546 per year? If Scotland matched the EU average, pensions would rise by £12,000 to £20,628. At the most recent conference, um, the SNP resolved to meet that average EU pension level on independence. However, while we work towards achieving that independence, there are pensioners for yes groups springing up all over the country. Now, you'll know that pensioners were the group that by and large had the highest recorded no vote in 2014. So this is part of that, if you can see it, you can be it idea that uh, pensioners for yes, get out there, be seen. Um, the one area of the country where there isn't currently a pensioners for Indie Group is the heart of Scotland, Stirling and Clackmannanshire. So this weekend, Clack's wifey attended the inaugural meeting of what we hope will become the Stirling and Clackmannanshire Pensioners for Independence group. Um, we had national pensioners for independence along to, to give us lots of fantastic advice and tips on how to set up a group and also a surprise visitor who was the wonderful MEP Alan Smith, who is also, of course, contesting the sterling seat in the election, hoping to oust Stephen Kerr. And it was great to have a chat with Alan about all manner of things. So this week's podcast is all about that conversation. Hope you enjoy it. asking us if there is a pensioners for independence group in this area that they can interview. Yesterday, yes, Stirling had an inquiry from Japanese TV, <laughs> NHK I think they're called, and they want to focus on Stirling as well because I'm sure Alan will tell you that this seat is a barometer for the rest of the country and they say in steal Alan's line, he who holds Stirling holds Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I think it was somebody else's life before mine. <laughs> <laughs> Robert the Bruce did actually say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, Women for Independence have all sorts of sources. Thanks uh, very much, and uh, great to see so many enthusiastic folks here on a, a cold uh, Sunday afternoon. But uh, I wanted to be here to support you because I believe we can make Stirling the heart of the SNP and we can make Stirling the heart of the Yes movement. And one of the reasons why I was so drawn to put myself forward for Westminster for Stirling, as I've said to party members, I'm conscious not all of you might be party members. If we don't win Stirling for Yes and independence, we won't win Scotland. Mm -hmm. We can have as many Yes cities in Glasgow and Dundee as we like, but if we don't win Stirling, we're not going to win the nation. And I believe that we can put Stirling SNP with Bruce Crawford, Keith Brown, the councillors, and hopefully myself, for as long as we have members of the Westminster Parliament, working as a unit with all our branches, working with the wider Yes movement, Women for Independence, Pensioners for Yes, any other groups that may want to establish themselves. I believe in Let a Thousand Flowers Bloom. You'll know yourself, I've been chopping a lot of doors lately, and the amount of people say, I'm not really into politics, son. And then they'll talk to you about public services, the schools, their... Their, their, their nieces need an assessment for special needs at school and they're intensely political but they're checked out of what they would call politics because they're sick of seeing pale white men on TV knocking lumps out of each other mm -hmm. and a well, well Boris Johnson <laughs> being one of them but there's plenty <laughs> others 
Uh, I was on uh, Radio 4's Any Questions on uh, Friday night. It's been repeated this afternoon, I believe. And I said, to, to, to much applause from the audience, could we ban politicians from using the words, oh, we've been very clear that? <laughs> because whatever follows is absolutely not clear at all. <laughs> we are living through, I believe, an existential moment in UK politics. And politics in these islands, and I include Ireland, independent Ireland in that as well, is going through an existential phase. Politics in Northern Ireland is going through a very troubled phase at the moment. In Scotland, we have the legacy of independence campaign in 2014. We have the Brexit referendum, which has thrown into sharp relief a lot of people's assumptions of how the UK worked and where Scotland sits within it. We see within Wales a dawning of a yes movement that I think is a few years behind us, but we're now seeing a massive increase in support for independence in Wales. Plaid Cymru has been really smart with what they've been doing. Uh, and we're seeing in England an energy that I think could go in either a positive or a negative direction. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a friend of England. I'm an English qualified lawyer to trade. I studied at Leeds University, Nottingham Law School. I worked in the city of London. I do not wish England ill, and it grieves me whenever it's thrown at the SNP that, oh, you're anti-English. There is zero evidence of that, but the idea that we want to run our own affairs somehow means that we're hostile to somebody else's. I want to see the people of Scotland, the power in their hands to choose their own future. And then what the people of Scotland and their wisdom choose will by definition be the right choice. I just don't want to see our decisions being made for us by other people. And that's where Scotland sits right now. And I fear for where England is. I think we're seeing, because of austerity, we're seeing a breakdown in intergenerational solidarity within England. We're seeing pressure on public services. We're seeing an immigration question which is being whipped up in a very, very frightening direction. And we're seeing a broken Westminster where the English don't actually have an alternative. And I was on the doors actually in Dunblane a few weeks ago. And a gentleman we were talking to just put it in a way that has struck with me since. Northern Ireland, Wales and Scotland have a different sense of our, our politics and where we sit because we are used to being part of something else within politics. We're used to sending people to Westminster and knowing that we've got Edinburgh and we've got London and indeed Brussels. England isn't to the same extent. That's where England has had a psychological gap between it and the European Union. We're used in Scotland to decisions being made in different places. Stirling Council, making decisions for the, the district and with our councillors. The National Parliament, the Westminster Parliament, the Parliament in Brussels and Strasbourg. But in England, that debate is different. You've still got first past the post, so you have one councillor and a lot of wasted votes. You have one MP and a lot of wasted votes. And you've got a system where you've got two hopelessly divided parties more interested in knocking lumps out of each other than actually finding a solution. So people are going to the extremes, and they're going to the Brexit party with its easy answers and its glib sound bites, but actually nothing else. Or indeed, say to preserve us the Liberal Democrats, <laughs> with their glib answers and easy, easy sound bites as well. And a lot of people in England are going, what's going on? I want to pay my taxes and I want the system to work. I want public services to be talked about, not Brexit. I want to focus on things that matter, but politics is leaving them absolutely without a sense of hope. Mm. Whereas in Scotland, I think we have, because of the SNP, because of the Greens, because of our friends in the wider independence movement, there's a sense that, well, we've got a different choice. Independence in Europe being it. Or indeed, in due course, independence. 
Uh, let's let's put that to bed as well. I, I believe independence in Europe, independence in a wider block of 500 million people, will get more people in favour of an independence government. If you want to see what independence in Europe looks like, look at Ireland right now. Ireland, for the first time in its history, because it is part of a wider block, has the solidarity of the other 26 member states, and for the first time ever has the upper hand against the former imperial power. That's what independence in Europe looks like, making our own decisions at home and working with our friends and allies across a continent of 500 million people towards the challenges that we face. So within Stirling, I think we've got an incredible opportunity to have precisely this sort of respectful conversation about how do we want Scotland to be, what do we want it to, to look like. And I'm certainly going to be playing my part over the next few weeks. I'm going to be working uh, very hard to meet as many people as I can. The response has been positive. But it's not going to fall out the sky for us. And I would also urge anyone who is a party member here, do not take opinion polls seriously for a second. Because the opinion polls, and there's a, a good piece in the Sunday the Herald on Sunday today about that from Mark Diffley, who's a, a professional pollster. The opinion polls assume that every seat's going to behave the same way. Well, forgive me, no it's not. And within Stirling District, we have got a well-funded, well-resourced, active Conservative campaign that will say anything to anybody. Just out of luck that their members for Parliament is a nutty. I'm not doing this out of antipathy to anybody else. I disagree with the Tories' policies. I disagree with the Tory government. I think yeah. Boris Johnson is one of the most dangerous individuals to infest UK politics mm -hmm. in recent years mm -hmm. and that's not just a, quite a Scottish question, it's a UK question as well. Mm -hmm. And let's not think we're special in Scotland where there's a lot of people in England looking, how on earth did that man become our Prime Minister? Mm -hmm. These are the people we want as allies, as friends. That's the discussion I think we can have. And in terms of, for your own efforts, if uh, you're, you're, you're establishing a Pensioners for Independence group within Stirling Club Manager, I am delighted count on my support, my active engagement and support. Uh, Jings, I'll organise a trip down to the House of Commons if I get there, that uh, we can go and hold everybody to account. Because I think pensioners have got the most to win from an independent Scotland. Mm. If you could see just how much better off in every sense your average punter is in the Netherlands, Denmark, Germany, mm. France, mm -hmm. Scottish pensioners get a disgraceful deal out of this United Kingdom. And then the UK government has the affront to threaten people that it might get worse. It couldn't get worse. We have got one of the worst financial settlements for pensioners in the Western world. We have got a free NHS courtesy of the social setup that we have. We've got a protection of frontline services courtesy of the Scottish government. We've got a number of things where we've been able to preserve what's important about our society. But I don't judge the success of an independent Scotland by whether we strut around the globe with nuclear weapons and uh, our, our, our rich runs. I, I, I judge it by how happy our people are and how yeah. secure we feel in our own lives. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to be talking about in this campaign. I don't want to be talking about Brexit, actually. I want to stop it, mm -hmm. but then I want to get all my what's actually important. And what I'm getting loud and clear across the entire constituency, we're waiting to canvas Barham this afternoon to continue those, those discussions, is that I'm sick of Brexit, son. Make it stop. Well, to do that, we'll need the numbers. But I've got a wider, longer-term <coughs> plan for this constituency and indeed this region. 
I want to turn this bit of the world into the heart of the Yes movement. I want us to, you know, Glasgow's strutting about the Yes city of Glasgow. It's like, ah, very good, very good, folks. But I'm aiming to beat that because I think every community in Scotland can benefit from an independent Scotland. And every community in Scotland can benefit from the empowerment that comes from the idea that we might be able to make our own decisions. So I'm excited for this campaign. I'm excited for the energy that we're, we're kicking on with it. I'm excited for what we're going to do in all our different places. So I'm excited to be here, and uh, I, I wouldn't propose any grand speech if I had you, but uh, a questions, comments, discussion, that's what I'm here for, and uh, then I'm away to Canvas Barron to continue that. But uh, really, more, more power to your elbows, and uh, all, all credit to your efforts. Thanks very much. Yes, again. Alan, uh, how concerned, if at all concerned, are you with the Greens standing in Stirling? We were just we were discussing this in the campaign team last night. But my attitude is that the, the, the real enemy here is the first past the post system. Mm. Yeah, the, the idea that one party should step aside for another, I, I'm a wee bit uncomfortable with that. Because I think every party should stand for its for its values. Not cosy deals between one party and another. And we, we, we see in, in Wales especially that like Cymru, the Greens and uh, the Liberals have been able to strike a number of deals. And that's, that's to be welcomed. I think, I think that's broadly positive. But that itself is the parties choosing rather than the voters choosing. Because a number of people in the seats where the agreement is will be disenfranchised because they won't be able to vote the way they want. Equally, in first past the post, a big chunk of votes are wasted because they don't actually go towards the representation of the place. I say it was all the SNP votes in this constituency were wasted last time round because the Tories managed to squeak it with 148. So an, an, an important point to make is that this is a broken system that we're operating within. The second important point to make is that the Greens have every right to stand and we do not have a right to expect anybody to step aside for us. That, if, if we even gave that impression, it would just put backs up because we'd start to look a bit entitled and a bit, uh, a bit inglorious. Equally... They announced an intention to stand in Perthshire, and they've just stood back from that. Mm -hmm. They have uh, they've decided to step back. I am the first vice president of the European Green Group. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, I, I won't repeat the language that was used when I reported Greens were going to stand against me in Brussels, but uh, there, there, there has been consternation from a number of folks saying, but you're our biggest ally. Why would we make your life more mm -hmm. difficult? because every vote is going to count in this election. The no doubt of that is going to be mm -hmm. close. The polls are, I think, designed to encourage complacency in mm -hmm. our support. And what happened in 2017, as much as anything, was that our vote stayed home. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're going for again. A December election, and the, the SNP's going to walk out, we're going to win 50 seats. Nonsense, it's nonsense. So the Greens have every right to stand, but if they decided not to, I would be the first to praise them for it. But actually, to really answer your question, am I worried about it? No. <laughs> and I think you'll find, sorry, anyway. I think you'll find that a lot of the Greens themselves that are spoken to in the constituency are a bit concerned that they're actually standing candidate and they're lending us the yeah. as they so often do uh -huh. in the general election. I think the place for the Greens will prosper and the independence got yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, the, the, the deadline for nominations for candidates is Thursday. So they've still got ample time to decide greater good that they can throw in their lot with us. And if they don't throw in their lot with us, I will be ruthlessly targeting the green vote. Mm -hmm. 
Because no quarter asked are given. I'm the Vice President of the European Green Group. I have 16 years as an effectively green MEP. And I will be ruthlessly targeting the green votes because in a first-past-the-post, and I think they get this, in a first-past-the-post election, the only person they're really helping with that is Stephen King. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alan, I just want to highlight the fact that on Thursday I was a Green, and on Friday, particularly because of yourself and at that stage Pete Wisher, I phoned them up and said, no, I'm not. And I relinquished my membership of the Green Party, particularly because strategically, I think I haven't um, got rid of my green credentials at all, but there's a time, and this isn't the time to actually be standing. And you've seen, everybody presumably has seen all of the correspondence in the national newspaper mm -hmm. saying exactly what I've been saying. I said in my final email to the Greens that if they could have made some uh, accommodation with yourself in terms of taking particular aspects of green policy further forward on a constituency basis, that's how they should have approached it. And certainly where there's an overhaul um, substantial majority where it's the SNP are likely to succeed no matter what, yes, by all means, have the Greens standing. But I, that was the position. So myself and my wife have, have taken two votes away from those Greens and the two supporters of the Greens at this stage. <laughs> well done. Yeah, uh, man and share half of the Clax and Sterling. Of course, we've also got a Tory MP, Luke Graham. He's been flooding the place with questionnaires and what have you. And I notice they're very much pushing do you need a postal vote? If so, let me know and I'll bring round the forms. Now, is that something you think we should be doing more of, especially with the December election? Because we're a bit, we're still a bit cautious of postal votes. Mm. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Yeah. We lost the last 17 votes on postal votes, mm. as mm. me and Sterling found out yeah. later on. Yeah. It was purely postal votes. Yes. Uh, to, 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 let, to let you into a wee bit of a secret from the campaign, we have sent a, a letter to every single one of our Category 1 and 2 supporters with a postal vote form. Good. We've done that through the Royal Mail mm -hmm. and we got that out. Uh, I've had a postal vote for about 15 years now. Mm -hmm. The system is sound. The, the idea that there's jiggery pokery going on, come on. Who do you think runs Stirling District Council? <laughs> the only thing is there might be a postal strike. I wouldn't discount that, but if there is a postal strike, you can still vote in person. Yeah, yeah. So, so if that is the case, then that can happen. And if that is the case, I think national security comes into issue. I think there would be other mechanisms found. But look, the, yes, Sterling has done a, a wee video. Uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry and Greg have done uh, a, wee, a wee chatty video about just how good the system is. People who are signed up for a postal vote are three times more likely to vote yeah. than people who aren't. Uh -huh. yeah. So of course we want our supporters signed up on postal ballots. We just do. Uh, the way that elections happen is changing, uh, especially with the December election. Now I think, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I was speaking to a lady in uh, Fallin uh, the other day, and she was a strong supporter, and I said, uh, well, we, should, we should get you signed up to a postal vote. And he said, oh, the postal, you can literally see it was about 100 metres over there. And he said, ah, but if it's six feet of snow, I'd fight through it. <laughs> 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 I'm sure she would as well. <laughs> <laughs> really 
the day after tomorrow in the UT. And I, I think there is a really important point that the Tories beat us because they did so up the postal vote. Yeah. They had their supporters signed up, mm. we didn't. So we've set as a target that we really do want to encourage people, especially pensioners actually, yeah. to vote. Because never mind a lift to the polling station, a postal vote can be done over a period, it's more convenient, it's easier, and it still counts. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I would suggest for pensioners, but yes, persons for independence nationwide, that's yeah. a priority. I was always going to vote yes in 2014, especially when I worked out just how immensely rich this country is. Um, but I wasn't very active in it, and uh, it wasn't until Mrs May came out with, now is not the time mm. for <laughs> I said, well, I'll, I'll not tell you what I said. <laughs> My language has deteriorated huge job still to be done in terms of working with older folks about reassuring about an independent Scotland. But the last five years have been really unsettling to a lot of people. Mm. There's a lot of people out there thinking, well, I used to be this, but I'm angry that I can't be this now. I, I, I would vote Conservative, but that Boris Johnson's just a, a, a dreadful person. Uh, I, don't, I, 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 I feel British, I want to stick with the UK, but I don't think the UK's working. I'm worried for my grandkids' future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that, that I'm getting quite a bit. And I think having that respectful discussion, and, and, and bear in mind as well, a lot of the folks <coughs> I'm talking about will be reading the Daily Express, will be reading the yeah. Daily Mail, and yeah. trusting it. Mm -hmm. And I, I have this with my own parents, that uh, too often I'm finding that, that they're reading the Daily Mail because the Daily Mail is readable, and there's a lot of information in it. And there's, <laughs> it, it, It's a very, very subtle... Drip, drip, drip propaganda. Look at the, well, I wouldn't urge you to look at the Daily Mail, but it, the, 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 <laughs> if you do look at the Daily Mail, everything is personalised on Nicola Sturgeon. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not even the SNP, it's Nicola. Mm -hmm. First name, or, or worst, Sturgeon. Worst Sturgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sturgeon did this, Sturgeon did that. You know, the, 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 there was that really serious issue about the sick kids' hospital and in the building there. Sturgeon should fix it. You almost should like she should go and get a screwdriver herself and sit down. And, yeah, they're, they're cheapening politics, and there's a hefty element of misogyny in it as well, mm -hmm. I have to say, in, in, in the targeting of Nicola specifically. Because they're trying to make it personal in a way that I think is really dangerous. But having the discussions that you guys can have as pensioners for yes about bringing the facts to people about, well, just look at, compare, as, as I said earlier on, compare pension levels here with other countries. 
compare the threats that we saw in 2014, that the bus passes were going to be taken away, that the TV licences were going to be taken away, and then a few years later the TV licences are being taken away anyway, mm. for over 75s. I, I would be really keen to work with pensioners for yes, should I be elected, to get the research from the House of Commons Library that allows you to format that sort of literature. Uh, one of the things we're going to do if I am elected, we're going to create an SNP newsletter for Stirling District. We're going to call it the SNP Observer. And it's going to have the same masthead as the Stirling Observer. And it'll look like the Stirling. And every couple of months, there'll be news from Bruce Crawford, Keith Brown, myself, the councillors, just going through people's door as a regular communication directly. Good idea. <laughs> because the last few weeks have demonstrated to me that we're not getting much out of the Stirling Observer. Because we're giving them lots of good stories, and Mr. Kerr still, uh, still appearing, claiming credit for the sun rising in the morning. We're getting a lot, but it's all the same stuff. The, the same as the mail, <coughs> the same as the express. Yeah, and, and 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 this is the thing where where people have an appetite for reading something. Let's give them something to read. Mm. And I think particularly for a pensioner audience, the, people aren't looking for pictures and sound bites. They're looking for something that's actually a bit more readable, a bit more detailed. So let's produce that. The main thing is the truth. And, and let's tell the truth is probably yeah, a good, yeah, yeah. good place to yeah, start. Yeah, right the Stirling Observer is owned by the Daily Record now. Right. And, and it shows. Yeah. Alison was next in line. I'm watching who's put their hands up. It's a really quick point on Fiona's point about the surveys that are going out. They're also comparing her. Um, but also, well, it's also, they don't have the access to do the canvassing. So mm. as much as you might be tempted to tell them what you think, don't. Because that's doing the canvassing for them. So if you really are tempted to do it, just take all the identifiers off and send it back in both blanks? No, I, I send them back a yes leaflet in the <laughs> sense that <laughs> <laughs> We have a question from Scott. Well, Scott, finally striking me here. I'm, I'm not a member of the SNP. I was probably green away back in the 1970s when I was saving whales and trees. I'm voting tactically. I'm voting SNP. That's what I'm doing. And I'll vote again. But I'm listening to all this going on. There's a lot of party stuff going on. And a lot of what will we do? What can we do? I've got a list here of 184 things that were proposed and carried out by the Scottish Government just now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 184, mm -hmm. ranging for a baby box to giving money to the arts. What people of my age, or oh, as silverbacks should be doing, we should be learning this stuff. Mm -hmm. We should have a copy of this. Mm -hmm. I'll get you a copy if you want to. Give me your email, I'll send it to you. It's and let's get them involved in a few of them and go and talk to people about them. I get attacked during the referendum by some guy from Newcastle telling me I was going to lose my pension. Mm. And I asked him how he knew, and he, didn't, he couldn't tell me how he knew. Because he came up from Newcastle to man the phones. I spoke to the Tories in the last referendum, and they said, why do you want independence? This is for the music, for the art, and for the poetry this country will give to the world. The guy was dumbfounded, he couldn't answer it. That's a great line. Love <laughs> that. We've got lots of ways we can go at them. We need to organise as individuals, two or three and go to places. I'll go to any old folks' home and read poetry for a half an hour about Scotland if you want. There's not only Robert Burns that done, I've got a book published. We've all got something to give every single one of us. And um, let's forget about party lines. I was out helping the SNP during the referendum because Tom, Tom Gray wanted me. I'm, I'm not worried about it. I just want independence. She was on the telly getting asked one night. About what about the what was it? What was she is cash money. <laughs> she was asked, uh, what oh, about about currency? Currency. Yeah. She was asked, what about currency? Tell me, you answered it. I said, I don't care. She's for independence. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. 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 And mainstream media, you look at it, I mean, folk go in and actually take papers and put them on the top of the national. How terrified are they? One paper. Yes. Yes. You know, so, should come out of this meeting and somehow that we get, we get away again and get organised in somebody's house or whatever and sit down and think, how do we go? Because I talk to them, I tap them on the shoulder and say, what are you buying that? Can I just add a wee bit to what Scott yeah. said? It was funny, picking up what you said about poetry and culture and going into old folks' homes. So in Glasgow Pensioners Friendly Group, there was three of us here and, and we've got a choir called the Warblers. And poetry and And we, oh, we, we've been know. into, right. so far we've been, we've been up, up running for about uh, mm -hmm. a year. I mean, I'm not such a good <coughs> singer, so I take my fiddle and play the fiddle along with them and uh, we've been going into old folks homes and yeah there's poetry and um, there's you know attempts at Burns when it was Burns week and it is a really good way and we're not there to proselytise we're not there to have huge big conversations about politics we just want to get in and we wear our t-shirts <laughs> and it is, it is a really good and although some some old folks homes have refused because we're the manager. But we managed to, we, we managed to wangle over there. But that's where we need more people who can fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> the UK is operating to a fundamentally different ethos mm -hmm. Scotland. Mm -hmm. Because the Tories actually do believe in the deserving poor. Mm -hmm. The Tories actually do believe that you should be sensible enough to choose your parents wisely. <laughs> <laughs> As if that's some sort of qualification. And if you're, if you're needing support from the life, well, you should just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And, and, and that really is where a lot of them are coming from. Mm. And I, I, I've made the point a few times already, but those comments that Jacob Rees-Mogg made about the poor mm. creators who passed away in the Grenfell, <laughs> and there's a, there's a lot of politics right now where it's people taking offence at things that are reported to have been said. So I, I actually went back and said, sure, went and looked at it. Those words could not have come out of the mouth of any decent person, full stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the only way those words make sense is if he truly does believe that he is better or cleverer than the people who passed away. Mm -hmm. And that actually was where the mask slipped for a moment for me. I think that, I think that was a real moment of clarity mm -hmm. that we actually saw who he is. Mm -hmm. And that's who a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. And the continental European states have got different ways of doing social security, of course. Uh, some have an insurance-based system, some have a, a mutualised system. But the way that the UK has been operating is to the post-war consensus, which was that a, a big element of housing will be state-provided. Jobs were much more stable, and there will be a pension. And because of demographics, because of the way that the economy is shifting, a lot more people are in precarious employment. People are, which is great news, living longer than that system is predicated on. But in a way that Dutch pensions are fully funded, UK pensions come from the general exchequer. So in the Netherlands, there is a specific ring-fenced pot. In Norway, there's an oil fund. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a cracking thing to have? But the UK has always done through the general exchequer. And that means that pensions are vulnerable to the decisions of here today going tomorrow politicians. Where I want to see Scotland set up in a way that gives people certainty and decency. And the, the, the idea that the pension age is going to rise and rise and rise. I mean, look at the waspy women. You know, it's something that was done in the name of fairness, and it was, it was right, it was fair to equalise across the gender. But 
the way that it's been done was the worst way possible. And, and to govern is to choose. So I, I, I think we, 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 have, we have a Westminster consensus that is very different to the way that I think Scotland's consensus would be. I, I, I think discussions about how people are going to have a pension or not have a pension is actually designed to destabilise and upset people. And I, 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 that's why we want independence. Is there some way that the SNP could promote what the pensions are likely to be? I know that there was some mention at the uh, at conference about it's going to be sort of average, but people are saying that's not true. And is there some way that that could be kind of, you know, identified and put into leaflets yeah. or something? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the SNP's commitment is that we want to bring Scotland's pensions up to the European average. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So could that even that be put into something? That, I've got graphic designers and researchers on my team who could help produce a leaflet that you guys could put out as a, here's the European average. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, exactly, yeah. things like that do exist already. Yeah. That's, that's our pensioners. We produce that. This is super. It backs it up from the point of view of we're putting in a value of what we think the pension should be, but on the back of the leaf it, it tells you how we think the economy can cope with it. Because that's always that's the biggest question. Yeah, we want a bigger pension, and they say, well, how are we going to pay for it? But the question I was going to ask before we go on, you mentioned the postal voting, and that's an extremely important point uh, for the election, even for the referendum coming up. You also mentioned a video explaining postal votes. Where can we get a copy of that to? It's on Yesterling Facebook. Going postal, it's called. I think it's on YouTube as well. They're about to boost it again because I did a wee piece to camera for them introducing it. If, if you're on Twitter, I'll be tweeting it and I'll get it on my Facebook fairly soon. But uh, it, it's out there just now. I'll, I'll, I'll boost that. There's a lot of, of resistance to it. I mean, I put, and a lot of people were going, oh, thank goodness you put that up. But there was a, there was a bit of abuse came back as well about, you know, stupid MI5 are involved in it. You'd hope, eh? There is an organised campaign. There's a piece in the Sunday Times today uh, quoting me about uh, the online stuff where there is an organised campaign on Facebook, Twitter, and the rest to undermine democracy. Mm. And it's to undermine faith in democracy, undermine faith in postal voting, undermine faith in the BBC. <laughs> it's working. Doesn't it a lot? Remember, the, the, the aim of propaganda isn't to make you believe a particular thing, it's to make you stop believing mm -hmm. everything else. Mm. So, so, so exactly that sort of comment. We must have faith in Scotland's democracy, or else we're done for. We must have faith in Scotland's democratic checks and balances, or else we're involved. And I do, because I know the people who are involved in it, I know the people who are running it, and of course where there is something that isn't right, by and large we spot it and by and large it's corrected. So I, I believe postal ballots are absolutely safe, and I believe postal ballots, the numbers are clear, people who are signed up for a postal ballot are a lot more likely to vote than people who aren't. However enthusiastic they are in, in terms of their politics, the numbers can't be dis disputed. Postal ballots are just the, the way to go. Can you maybe fit in one more question, Alan? Every day I buy the national newspaper and uh, I save them up and I keep them for a week. Uh, so at the end of the week I've got, uh, I've got seven uh, nationals. So I take them down to the station where the metro dump their propaganda <laughs> and they don't deliver on a Saturday. 
So I go down on a Friday night with my seven nationals. If there's any remaining metros there, they go in the waste bin. Oh. And, I, and I put seven nationals in its place. <laughs> and I also put a notice up on the wall encouraging anyone else who saw the, the, the merit in this, in this crazy idea to, to, to follow suit. But uh, if, you, if you think it has no, no uh, effect, uh, you, you would be wrong in that because, as I say, I was up in the, the Perth Yes Hub last week and after, I did, for the first visit, nobody knew me, and after about 10 minutes conversation, eh, I was out and somebody says, you're the guy that puts the national <laughs> in the metro stands <laughs> in the station. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's sergeant actions What an interesting afternoon's discussion that was. Love some of those ideas, especially the more, um, shall we say, insurgent ones. If anybody is interested in joining Pensioners for Independence, doesn't matter where in Scotland you are, they have a website, pensionersforindependence.scot. Once you get into that site, you can subscribe to their newsletters. You can also link in with a local group if you want to. Um, Sterling and Clap Manager is not up and running yet. But if you're in our area, go in and um, subscribe to the, the national organisation. And then once the group's up and running, then we'll be able to, to give you information about it. So I hope you've enjoyed this week. I've certainly enjoyed it. And we'll catch you later. Bye now.